And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another, which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I am very excited to have Lily Claire Love here with me on the show. Lily is a Tantra teacher and life coach who believes self-love, compassion, acceptance, self-responsibility, and communication are the keys to joy, freedom, and peace. Hey there, Lily. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. Been looking forward to this for, for quite some time and uh, lots of good stuff, juicy stuff to talk about here. Um, before we dig in, I want to ask you the same question. I always start with the same question. You're mm-hmm. in an elevator. You've got 10 floors to answer. Uh, the, the lady next to you looks over, says, what's your passion? What do you say? My passion is helping people to feel and see and live from their core and this core is really the essence of who they are and the essence of who they really are is love mm. and love is acceptance and love is this um, thing that doesn't judge and it is uh, held in peace and that's really the core and the essence of who we all are and then you know we, we go through our life and we get all of these different wounds and scars and we hold on to different things and we develop our personalities and uh, decide that's who we are but when we right. kind of take all of that off then we actually find that we're really simple and we're all really the same and Mm. once we connect with that and live from that place and and communicate from that place our whole world can change starting with how we relate to ourself and our relationships because our life really is just made up of relationships so that's what i would say (laughs) 
Absolutely. Great, great answer. I noticed a theme, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I asked that question every time at the start of the show and it's like, uh, there's, there's definitely a theme with everyone that I have on. It's like, how do we, how do we serve each other? How do we help each other heal? And it's funny. It makes me think of this, this funny little meme. I, I have, you know, of course we all have those friends who are always posting political stuff, especially, mm-hmm. you know, in the late, lately with the political climate. And I normally stay out of it. And today I had to, it's one of my best friends friends from you know childhood and so I had to start like just picking on him messing with him a little bit and which something you just said made made me think of the meme that I had posted in our thread and it was I don't know if you've ever seen it it's like an alien looking down on earth and he's like talking into his mic on in his UFO and he's like well long story short they forgot they're all brothers and sisters cohabiting cohabitating the same planet so they kind of became delusional and imagined invisible borders beliefs Mm -hmm. and structures separating them and started destroying each other and earth instead of just living sharing creating and evolving so that's what it's about right evolving exactly exactly it's so so simple and we make it so difficult (laughs) it really is it really is i always say you know my favorite one of my favorite quotes is love is the answer now what was the question right so (laughs) exactly so you have a pretty interesting story that led you to this place, uh, and I'd love to to get a little bit of. Uh, I know the listeners would love to hear a little bit about how how you you know got to where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I would say that kind of the short version of my 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 story of how I got here is um, I came from a very disempowered place in um, in myself. Um, I mean, I had some pretty you know, tough experiences growing up, um, single mother, poverty, um, domestic violent relationship in the household. Uh, my mom was an alcoholic, um, uh, sexual abuse, a bunch of, a bunch of not fun stuff. And, um, I was very, um, very kind of shy, very, uh, insecure and um, but very aware of myself and very aware of others and very sensitive so I I kind of like took on a lot and um, I always had I grew up in a it was a kind of like a hippie atheist home as well and uh, my parents my, my mom um, had come from a very Catholic background and left that in the kind of like the 60s and 70s. She be, she was a feminist and she was marching in, in the uh, protests, uh, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s even um, in Australia I'm from. And, um, but I, uh, I basically just always knew that there was something more than what was, you know, meets the eye. Um, and I kind of dove into my own, you know, spiritual seeking journey, you know, that, like you said, what, what's the question, you know, like, what, what am I here for? What am I doing? What does all of this mean? What is the purpose of, you know, all of this pain and anger that I know around me and inside of me? Um, and I first actually dove into Christianity, which to my parents and everybody I knew, you know, to their dismay, they were just like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but honestly, um, even though I ended up leaving the church and things that, uh, you know, the religion that I I didn't agree with, um, it, it, gave me my first um, spiritual experience where I experienced 
this presence, kind of what I was talking about earlier, of this love, this total acceptance. Because I was going to to church for about a year, but uh, never quite committing. Like I, I was leaving these leaving these kind of double lives. Actually, I was like at acting school, partying, and doing drugs, and having sex, and then I would go to church on Sunday and feel peace. And and I got to this point where um, I, I went, oh, no, it's just not for me. I just can't do it. You know, it's just not me. Um, and so I was I was going, I, I went to this one last church seminar with a friend and I was kind of sitting up the back with my arms crossed like, ugh, everyone is so fake happy here. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then the music started playing and I just slowly found myself walking up into the center of the room and, and then singing along to the music and then putting my hands up in the sky, kind of in the surrendered kind of praising way. And mm-hmm. then I suddenly just felt this white light coming down uh, through me, and it just felt so loving, so peaceful. And it was just saying to me, you are accepted and loved exactly as you are. You don't have to be wow. or do anything for me to love you. And wow. so from that point on, I was, I was converted. I was a believer. Um, and then from there, um, I, did you, I, started, now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did, did you look at this as, was this like a religious, when you say you were kind of converted, d- did it feel like it was a, a religious sort of experience or, you know, sort of beyond um, that? It, no, it was beyond. It was beyond. But the thing was, because I didn't have any other resource, I don't have any, any other, other reference. Context. Yeah, right. this was my only reference. So I thought, okay, I don't have to be or do anything else. You know, I don't have to quit drugs if I don't want to, or you know, stop having sex outside of a marriage if I don't want to. Um, but this is the only place kind of I know where to feel this and get this connection. Right, right. So I I did. I, I committed to things. And actually, it was good for me. You know, most of the things that I, I stopped doing and, and transformed. Um, and I was in the church for about three, three and a half years um, after that point. Then I I I left and I left a marriage also and uh, I started opening up my mind again to other possibilities because there were there was a lot there that was very fear based you know if you sure even meditation you know was like that's like the devil right um, right. How dare you close your eyes and look within. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I left. I started opening my mind to other things and started getting into energy work and different things. And, uh, And I actually then started to have these experiences where I was communicating with what we know as ghosts or entities. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and then from there I, uh, well, then I moved to LA and I started, um, really committing to my, my personal kind of inner healing journey. And, uh, and along that path found Tantra and, um, Tantra really is, basically this path to total acceptance of all that is of all parts Mm. of life 
And right. we focus very much um, in the West, and we've, we focus <laughs> on the sexual piece of Tantra, um, right. the, you know, elongating the pleasure and the orgasm and uh, relationship, you know, intimacy and things like that. And I believe that we focus on that piece in the West um, because we need it. We need healing in this area. But sure. also sexuality is actually the root of our life. We came through two people having sex. This is how right. we actually exist. So sexual energy is creative energy. It's our life fuel. So um, it is the foundation of our life. And I believe that it's, it's coming into the West now in such a big way that um, because because we need it, because we actually need to, as a community, as a culture, as a society, and as individuals, embrace this sexual peace. Because for so long, it's been on the back burner. It's been taboo. It's been, you know, behind closed doors. Right. And uh, that means that there's a part of us, a big part of our life, because <laughs> we all know we do it. <laughs> and right. that's how we all got here. Um, that, that means that we're fragmented and it's not integrated if, it, if it's something we can't talk about. Right. And if if we see it still as like embarrassing or uh, dirty or you know taboo, um, mm -hmm. and the reason why you know we have so much um, objectification in the Western culture around sexuality, also because you know to see music, you know music videos with you know everyone's got no clothes on, we're all shaking our ass, and and right. the porn porn. Uh, uh, porn industry is just, you know, massive, and that's all tailored to, you know, the man's, um, what the man gets out of it. Um, no one's right. asking her, you know, are you actually having fun here? Um, right, right. All of this, all of this is objectification, which comes from shame, which comes from, oh, I can't be honest about how I feel about this. I can't talk about this with my family. I can't, you know, um, let people know I'm having, you know, low confidence in this area or issues or or these kind of fantasies we don't feel safe to talk about these things and we don't feel uh safe to even you know admit that we're turned on sometimes and so right. then it's basically uh objectified it's exploited um rather than integrated so right. um that was that was actually the, a kind of a long version of of me and how I got here. Well, that's, that's a good version. It's it's <laughs> quite the journey that you've had, and um, you know, I, I know a lot of people, of course, are familiar with tantra and the term and the the idea loosely it's like one of those things yeah i'm kind of familiar but not a lot of really dug in and explored uh tantra and for me i remember um you know going a few years back the first time i was really introduced was um by osho and mm. uh there's a book i don't know if you're familiar with called the book of secrets <laughs> and and basically what osho says in that is tantra means technique 
not mm-hmm. concerned with the why of things, concerned with the how of things. And, uh, yeah. you know, and basically it's like 112 uh, different, uh, basically what it says, Book of Secrets is 112 keys to the mystery within described in uh you know, um, Vigyan Baharav Tantra. Uh, it's basically like Shiva and in his consort Devi or Devi, however you pronounce it, discussing sort of different techniques uh, mm-hmm. to uh, achieve, you know, s- uh, enlightenment or or you know some sort of ecstatic, blissful state. And only some of them were sexual related. And mm-hmm. so for me, that was a big kind of surprise when I when I first was exposed to this book. Like, oh, okay, I didn't really you know have a deep understanding. And I don't think a lot of people do and i still don't claim to um hence uh-huh. having you on the show that's like my favorite thing to do okay who knows a lot about something that i want to know more about right um yeah. so so really curious what your thoughts are on that would you agree with that that it's 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 more of like this uh, technique uh scientific sort of uh, approach to to achieving you know greater awareness Yes, exactly. It is. Um, It means Tantra means to weave as well. So it's like weaving together, which is, you know, you've got to have technique to weave together all these different Mm. aspects of life. And yeah, Yeah. it is a science. It's a practice um, because there's all these different um, exercises or practices, tools in, Mm. um, in Tantra, like yoga has so many different poses that you go into. Right. Um, and these practices, these techniques, all are ways for you to get in touch with that source energy inside of you, that creative mm-hmm. energy, and, and to move the and um, kind of clear the the blocks inside of your mind, body, and spirit. And yeah, and ultimately that path is to lead you into enlightenment, which really for me means being uh, realizing remembering that i am a being of light um right. i i i come from light and I, I return to light i am light i'm love um and and that is all inclusive that is peaceful that is loving and accepting so it is a science because basically you get to be the the guinea pig in a way with these practices and be the your own kind of scientist or detective and go, okay, so when I do this breath practice, I actually feel this in my body and I start to mm. get these results uh, when, you know, so when I do this um this eye gazing practice with my partner, then I, I feel this and I, I get that and this happens in our relationship. So it actually is a science in that way and a technique. Um, yeah. and, and so, yeah, it's not just a philosophy to live by, but it's actually something that you practice. Yeah. He, he put it, uh, you know, he said it was, it's like bringing electricity into your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can turn it on and off whenever you want. Uh, it can cool your room. It can heat your room. And mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of an interesting way to to put it. And he also had said, you know, uh, in the East, we've developed a science. If you cannot find a soulmate, you can create one. That's the science mm-hmm. of Tantra. So he's saying, ba- which I thought was really fascinating. It's like, yeah, you may find your soulmate, but it's like lightning. You can't depend on it. You don't know when it'll strike, but you can actually use these this scientific approach. It's alchemy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought I found that very interesting conceptually. Um, and I guess I, what I'd love to hear from you is why would someone want to practice tantra in a relationship? 
Mm-hmm. In a relationship, why someone would want to practice Tantra? Well, one, if you want to have a deeper, I mean, the crux of it is, crux of it is if you would want to have a deeper intimacy with another person. And mm-hmm. intimacy being, you know, we, we kind of break the word down into into me, I see, or, you know, into you, I ah. see, and, or you see into me. Um, oh, that's beautiful. And, yeah. So intimacy is not just, you know, sex, um, but intimacy is, is vulnerability. Intimacy is I really know this person and this person really knows me and I really allow this person into my heart. I really, they, they allow me into theirs and together, you know, we, we can create worlds together where partners on this mysterious journey together we get to really rely on each other um and encourage each other and support each other and really uh awaken um in in a sense to you know to what else is possible here to our greater purpose um and and to bring that into your sexual intimacy also just actually brings the sacredness um, right. to, to sexuality, to sensuality, to the intimacy that you can experience with another person. Because, um, the thing about Tantra is it's all, it's all inclusive of, um, everything. As I said, it's all about acceptance. So accepting all parts of life, which means accepting all, uh, the death and the loss that is in life also, you know, this mm. birth, death, and rebirth process that we go through probably a, a million times in, a, in our lifespan. You know, there's deaths of, uh, you know, literal deaths of people and our own, and then also there's the death of um, jobs or death of, a, 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 you know, a certain kind of um, phase in our life or a, a part of our Friendship, personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, embracing all of that as sacred and basically as spiritual and the wonderful thing as human beings, we get to experience through our senses, through our body of touch, taste, sound, sight. Um, I mean, being kind of an intuitive who is connected with the other realm, the realm of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the unseen. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that it's a privilege to come here. It's a privilege to come to earth. And the reason why, you know, one of the big reasons why we, we want to come here as, as souls and spirits is to experience and experience through our senses and to experience this great love and relationship with another human being. And unless you go and, you know, live in a cave, you (laughs) cannot get away from relationship as a human being. Like that. That's sort of like the driving force behind almost everything, right? The relationship between men and women. Yeah. And, and to actually start to, experience sexuality and intimacy, sexual intimacy 
with all of the parts connected, with your heart connected to your sex center, with your, you know, um, intuition, with your emotions, with all of it connected can be such, <laughs> it, it is such a more profound and beautiful um, and enlightening experience than just the, the probably, you know, normal kind of sex that we most people are used to having which is more just like a release from stress it's like a sneeze i've heard it (laughs) referred to it's it's like a very basic sneeze at that level yeah it's like okay done and and with tantra it's all about expansion so expanding the pleasure expanding the the moments of being so present with your partner being present with your sensations in your body um and expanding the orgasm you know is again expanding the amount of time that you're spending in that place of oneness with everything because you know, in that moment of orgasm, you've got no control whatsoever. You're completely surrendered, you know, you're completely Mm -hmm. vulnerable and you're really connected to source, which, you know, is that love and that peace and that acceptance and that, that, that memory of, oh, we're all in this together. (laughs) Right. Right, right, right. So that's why you would want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I guess you've convinced me. Uh, so uh, is it, is it something that can be practiced? I mean, is there any ability to practice Tantra as an individual? I mean, is it something that's mm-hmm. always going to be relationship centered? No, no, you can do it as an individual and, um, it has to start with you on your own anyway. Um, I mean, even if you're in a relationship, you you have to start it. And if your partner doesn't want to do it because they think it's weird, then, you know, um, you've got the, the power to do it yourself. And, and I've had clients who, you know, their partner, their husband was like, you know, that's weird. I'm not doing that. And so she was practicing it. And, um, and, and then their sex life started to really improve. And mm-hmm. he was like, what is going on? Like, he can right. feel it inside of her. He can feel this wow. this shift and, you know, in her whole energy. And, and then, you know, he was like, okay, I'm on board. Synergistical. <laughs> but, I've heard sex said, uh, referred to as, you know, S-E-X, synergistical energy exchange. Have you heard that? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I haven't I think that's heard a, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, huh? Awesome. Yeah, I, I've heard sacred energy exchange. So I like both okay, of those. okay, yeah, very similar. <laughs> um, and so to practice on your own, basically the main practice of um, of tantra is breath. Okay, breath work. Interesting. So basically, because breath again is life force, it's a fuel. Mm-hmm. If we don't have right. breath, we don't have life. And right. We, you know, there's been all these studies that we we breathe maybe like ten percent or something um, of of what of we how should much actual capacity, yeah, right. And and we live in such a stressed out, you know, go go go, do do do, achieve 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 society that we're always in this constant state of constriction rather right. than expansion. And so mm-hmm. when we're constricted, our breath is constricted. Um, we're tight and tense and uh, the breathing is shallow. And so the more we learn to expand our breath, 
the more we're one actually expanding the oxygen that gets to our organs and our lungs and our heart and our blood and our brain and all of that so we're just going to be just operating at a more optimal uh, you know place with more oxygen um if when when the the body has um 80 oxygen in it then we are any disease will will vanish so um yeah it's 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 pretty amazing i mean basically wow. a, a cancer patient could probably and there are many that have and do heal themselves through breath work um, wow. among other you know among other treatments but um because when when the body's op optimizing at that much oxygen, then there's no way that any disease can survive because right. you're in this state of harmony and vitality. Um, and really, when you learn to expand your breath, your breath becomes this tool, the number one tool that you can rely on in any moment of fear anxiety stress right um you know it's you can't always... be upset if you're breathing deeply and slowly right <laughs> no, it's, it's like impossible can't. it's impossible and and you come to this place um inside of you where you're like it's stillness and it's calm and you're like okay i don't know maybe i don't know how it's all gonna work out right now but i know that it is when i'm in this place and right. when I'm in this place of stillness and peace and expansion, I'm actually open to the infinite possibilities that could actually be there that I couldn't see when I was in that place of constriction and stress. Yeah. And so there's many different breath practices. Um, I mean, I could, I could take yeah. us through one. Yeah, are there one. any? Yeah, you that'd be excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, awesome. All right, so you're just going to relax your body. Just hopefully you're sitting down, but if you're standing, that's fine. And just, if you can, close your eyes or at least have them just gently kind of looking at the floor beneath you. And just start to feel your breath just naturally, how it's moving just notice your belly and your rib cage and notice the breath moving in and out through the nostrils. And I want you to start to take a long, slow, deep breath as deep as you can into the belly through your nostrils. And you're expanding the belly like a balloon. And as you do that, then you expand the rib cage and then release the breath. And a deep inhale, blowing the belly up like a balloon. And then notice how it wants to fill up into your lungs and expand into your heart center. And hold the breath at the top for a moment and then slowly release the breath. And just be with the sensations in your body as you breathe in and breathe out. And you may not be able to take as long breath as I am, 
and that's fine. We're all at different capacities, but just imagine you're taking the first breath you've ever taken. It may even help you to open your mouth and take a big gulp of air. And a deep exhale. And on that exhale, just notice your body relaxing. Any places of tension, I want you to focus and breathe into that area of your body. And if you can hear the sound of my breath, you'll hear it kind of sounds like the ocean waves going in and going out. So I want you to now bring your fingertips to the pit of your throat. So we're going to bring all of our focus and attention to the throat. And you're going to create a little constriction in your throat so you can hear your breath like mine. So you're going to inhale here at the throat. And hold the breath. And then exhale. And release the jaw and inhale. The ocean waves coming in and releasing the ocean waves going out. And inhale one more time. And exhale. And we're going to go into another practice, which is alternative not nostril breathing. So you're going to actually close one nostril with your thumb and breathe in the free nostril. And then hold the breath at the top. And then close the other, the free nostril and open the opposite and exhale out that. And breathe in that nostril. Hold the breath at the forehead. And exhale out the other one. So you're inhaling the free nostril. Holding and exhaling the other. One more round, inhaling the free. And exhaling out the other. So that one is actually really balancing for the right and the left hemispheres of your brain. So we in Tantra know the different aspects of the body and the being as feminine and masculine. And we all have that, whether we're male or female. So the masculine is the right side of the body and the left side of the brain, which is our more logical, linear thinking brain. And then the feminine aspect is the left side of the body and then the right side of the brain because at the nasal, that's where the passages cross to meet the brain. And the right 
feminine aspect of the brain is the more creative, uh, non, non-linear aspect of us. And when they're working in perfect harmony, then that's when we can be creative and uh, intuitive and spontaneous and open and flexible and also be um, logical and analytical and um, focused. Yeah. Yeah. So those are two little little pieces cool. of it. Yeah. So that's, it's, I just want you, know, you to also notice like how your body feels after you've done yeah. that. That's what I was about to say. Such a difference. I mean, even when we first got on, we had a few technical difficulties. I was sort of, uh, I had a very amped sort of day. And then I allowed myself, as I joked about, to get, for the first time, get sucked into a little bit of a day, debate, you know, a debate with a friend. And then came straight into this interview. And I was in this sort of heightened state. And, I, and I'm prone to sort of be that way anyway, right? I have lots uh-huh. of energy. And so it's amazing to me when I focus on breath and do a breathing exercise like that how uh how much bliss you can feel and how much it can help to ground you and calm you down and mm-hmm. it's such a you know natural high i mean you hear about people using breath work and having like dmt type experiences mm-hmm. so you can totally see how i haven't personally sort of went that far with it but even just doing it now it makes me want to explore breath work more and it's it's a simple thing once again that's laying there that no one hardly anyone is utilizing right it's it's yeah. crazy and then as you as you mentioned um there are cooling practices and you know heating practices so there's like that was much more of a cooling calming peaceful um mm-hmm. balancing breaths that we we did and then there's more kind of like fiery. breath of fire Breath right. of fire, yeah. So then they're right. fiery and energizing and they're detoxifying and they're kind of like pumping up that creative energy from your sex center through your body so that you have that energy and that fire to go out and, and create what you want to create in the world. Right. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, I have, I have a, a question for, for Coach Lily, okay? <laughs> and this is something that I've personally experienced in my own sort of uh, sexual journey. And that is having, you know, someone that's been probably more sexual than the average person, had lots and lots of experience, you know, over the years. And one of the things that's kind of bugged me uh, about myself is, you know, being this very loving person, very loving individual, I've al- always sort of, Sex and love have been sort of exclusive for me. They they don't haven't necessarily went together, and only in recent years have I started to sort of say you know question that and wonder like you know is there something wrong? Why is it that you know I can be very loving, be in love with someone, um, feel it so much love in my life for myself for others, but then for sex there's sort of I've had this experience of of blockage, and only recently had any sort of experiences sort of breaking through that. So for me, and, and I wouldn't say it's some major great breakthrough either. So for me, it's like hearing about Tantra and it's it's all about like cultivating this love, you know, this love experience and even, you know, having read things about Tantra, of course, like even going as far as the, the being sort of merging and looking out of one partner being able to sort of see out of the other's partner's eyes. I don't know if you've mm. heard of this yes. sort of experience. It's just yes. fascinating to me and I'm fascinated by it and it's so beautiful and makes 
all the sense in the world based off of everything that, you know, I, I know and believe, but yet, mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, there's always sort of been this blockage and I'm wondering, you know, if that's something that you encounter often and what your thoughts are on that. Mm-hmm. No, it's very common. Um, kind of what I was touching on earlier on basically integrating our sex, our sexuality, our desires with our heart and uh, even our mind. Mm. So we're completely fragmented and disconnected as a culture, as a society. Um, So, yeah, everything is kind of like compartmentalized. Right. Um, and, And honestly... It's gonna take it's gonna take a bit of work. Um, mm-hmm. It's taken me a lot of work, and um, I continue to uh, to connect my heart with my sex center and my sex center with my heart, and for them to mm. actually be communicating, because right. um, most of us, um, even if we haven't had you know um, kind of sexual abuse or sexual trauma, we all have this like this belief system which which is a trauma in our society of um this disconnection between the yeah. between these centers and you know whether it was you know through religion or you know being just not having you weren't able to like talk about it in your family or, or you know it was seen as dirty or whatever right there's right. this this notion there and that's pretty deep in us collectively and so um i mean just even for women i mean for men too but i can speak from you know a woman's perspective that it's been very unsafe for us to um reside in our heart and our sexuality together we we ended up kind of having to take on what we think is like a man's you know perspective but i know that's right. like war- that's warped as well because it's just been shaped from society right. and, and wounds and war and everything um but we kind of took on this like uh you know i can i can do anything like a man i can you know go out and uh, be a businesswoman i can be a mother i can fuck like a man um right and uh, then there's this disconnection because it's very vulnerable for all of us to actually reside connected with our heart and our sex center um, because we can be hurt. We can be shamed. Um, right. So you're not alone in that. And uh, it just means if that's something that you want to experience, all of those amazing things that we t- talked about and even just you know experiencing like that kind of like deep connection when you're in in love making with somebody with your partner um and experience that as kind of as sacred um that you first make that commitment this is this is what i want to you know experience this is what i want to work towards and um the breath practices are really powerful. And so you could do that kind of ocean breathing that uh, we were doing, breathing mm-hmm. into your sex center 
and then breathing, um, kind of imagining like it's uh, water um, or movement up into your heart center and then breathing into your heart center and then breathing that down, that air down into your sex center. So you're basically starting to create this bridge between mm. these two places in your body. Mm -hmm. um, and that alone, it, you know, it, it sounds pretty simple, but that alone is just starting to create a relationship and a communication between your sex and your heart and to let your heart kind of speak down to your sex center and say, you know, it's safe. It's safe for you mm. to um, surrender. It's safe for you to receive um, this love. It's safe for you to feel. It's safe for you to open um, and and for your, your sex center to, again, speak to your heart also um, and say, you know, I, I want to connect with you. Um, I, I want to feel more. I want to feel my partner more. Um, I want to listen deeper to what I need and what my partner needs. Um but yeah, it's it's a practice that I feel that um, many of us um, could use and would be really healing as a society if we were all to yeah. make that, you know, even just first make that commitment like, okay, that's something I want to experience, I want to heal, and, and um, you've just got to be patient with it, though. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, don't expect it to, you know, happen overnight. Um just keep keep little by little coming back to that commitment and doing those little practices um and there's you know obviously if we were working together i could i could dive in a lot deeper with you but that's basically sure. yeah what we could well, yeah use. i think you touched on touched on the on the key thing is is first making the commitment. This is something yeah. that I I intend to do. That I I I won't. I'm going down this road. And and then of course, as you've touched on early on, is it's all about acceptance, accepting where you're at, and not because it's so easy to feel like what you know, like I mentioned, like oh, it, well, is there something wrong with me? Like mm -hmm. why am I this way? And you know, other people are that way, and that seems more <laughs> loving and more evolved, and you know, all these things. And it's it's um, so I think it's very, you got to be very careful with that because then it turns into like shame or, you yeah, know, self-judgment. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is just um, give yourself permission to slow down. So mm. when you're actually in the moment of sex, mm. then, then recognize and notice. I mean, obviously, you know, things build up and we get excited and um, right. the pace and everything goes, you know, gets built up. But um, if you could uh, remind yourself to just slow down and yeah. maybe, maybe even if you have to stop for a moment and breathe, mm -hmm. breathe mm -hmm. in sex. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's one mm -hmm. thing that we really don't do that we're, we're not breathing in sex. And especially when we start to come towards orgasm, we want to constrict because we want to hold on to it because we want to feel that release. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more you actually breathe and slow things down, at first you might actually lose your orgasm, um, mm -hmm. and and that's okay. And uh, but it, it becomes this practice of um, lengthening and elongating the the moment and the experience. And the more that you do that, you'll actually start to be able to be more um, with 
with your with your own experience, with your own sensations and your partners and with your orgasm, but in a much more present, expanded way. And I, I think that will really shift things for you also. Anybody right. in the audience is listening. Right, try right. That. Breathe in sex. Remember to breathe in sex. <laughs> Right, right, right. I I read something not too long ago, and it said you can never go too slow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from I think it was even talking from a woman's perspective. Like it was saying just that. Like, guys, slow down. Like it's mm-hmm. not about trying to rush to some finish line or and right. i think a lot of times that's what happens with people it's like you sort of this this nervous energy gets built up and it's like okay there's like a task at hand and you know of course guys are so task oriented and like goal oriented <laughs> and it's like just chill out and, yeah. and relax and follow the energy and let it you know like yeah. not don't well, don't be trying to get anywhere yeah exactly and that's that's the thing because our society is so you know stress based uh, then pleasure becomes just a release rather than this beautiful experience. Right. Um, and, uh, and that pleasure energy is creative and sensual and uplifting and nurturing, which is all qualities of the feminine energy. And, right. uh, you know, there's this whole kind of goddess movement happening you know the divine feminine and it might Mm. it look to some people like you know you know whatever (laughs) what is that but but it's this it's this real thing of needing more uh of this nurturing energy in all of our lives um rather than just going from stress release stress release you know we if if either our release is sex or the pokies or drinking or whatever it is you know instead of just going stress release stress release as a society you know forever um we need to move on to the next level of evolution um, which right. is moving up from just release and into actual um, the presence of the moment, the presence of being here and enjoying our senses and moving into the heart where we're connecting with ourselves and each other in this other this other realm. Because what's going right. on, you know, politically and all of that is it's not going to shift from this place of fighting which we've always done we've always known we actually have to move into something higher i agree yeah so you said something that um it was interesting you know you talked about it being creative and then you've i'm sure you've heard of sort of some of these ideas of or you know monks that are abstinent and you know is that what do you think about that? I mean, is is there any truth to the idea that being abstinent and not having an orgasm can sort of create energy, uh, creative energy in your life? So essentially, by mm-hmm. um, you know abstaining from sex, you can you can become more creative and use that energy right. in a different direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's so basically, I, you know, orgasm is this release of of energy, and it's this creative energy build up, and and then this release. And so, from by abstaining, um, or at least kind of um, having a practice of um, elongating your mm-hmm. um, the time before you orgasm. Um, you're mm-hmm. actually building up and cultivating 
your your creative energy, your chi. Um, mm. And so uh, you may choose if you if there's something that you really want to do in the world that's um, you know feels like it takes a lot of energy and a lot of focus and you know a lot of power, then that may be a practice that you might want to try. It doesn't have to be forever. You don't have to become a monk, but um, right. you you can have this practice of um, cultivating your your sexual energy, um, your creative energy, and kind of. Um, you know, you're like putting it in your, in your bank house <laughs> and then kind of with just with intention and focus, you're directing this creative, powerful energy into whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Um, right. And, and that can go for many different things. That could be a business venture. That could be, um, you know, uh, wanting to create a, a, a baby. That could be um, wanting to attract your soulmate. But it's basically you're cultivating this energy of creation and then putting your intention for where that's going to go and directing that in your life. And I would say that, you know, ask yourself the question, Am I prone to being hyper or hypo uh, sexual? So, do I use sex as this release, and I kind of just like, you know, do it a lot and uh, get it, you know, get it over with and get it out? Um, or am I much more of a, you know, don't really open up in that way and, and don't have a lot of sex or don't orgasm, um, and and then maybe set an intention that you're going to maybe try going the other way. So to get a little bit more balance, that doesn't mean if you have a lot of sex, you have to abstain, but maybe you'll practice that elongating the orgasm. So breathing and stopping and slowing down. And if you're more of a person who has trouble having orgasms or just doesn't have sex because, you know, you don't want to deal with the, the, you know, relating to another human in that way or whatever, getting hurt. All the things that come with it, right? (laughs) Yeah. All the things. Then, um, yeah, make an intention that you you might open up and maybe that will just start with um with more self-love more you know um central tantric breathing masturbation um as Mm -hmm. you know as a form of opening yourself up in that place in that arena right right interesting so uh, this is a maybe a slight deviation not really i mean it's in the same it's in the same uh neighborhood <laughs> but i'm yeah. curious i'm just curious what your opinion is someone who you know sort of is, is so specialized in understanding uh tantra and, and practicing tantra what are, what are your thoughts on you know of course i'm sure you're aware there's a lot of people that seem to be opening up uh to more towards ideas of polyamory or you know uh non-traditional you know pair bonding mm-hmm. um and uh, people like Christopher Ryan, I don't know if you're familiar with the book Sex at Dawn. Mm-hmm. They actually share, shared a clip from him on a TED Talk recently because it's something that I personally, it, it you know, when you sort of look at the science of it all, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, as he says, you know, we're not like apes, we are. <laughs> we are not <laughs> like monkeys, we are monkeys. We're more like a bonobo and chimp than an eastern elephant is to a western elephant. And they mm-hmm. don't have monogamous pair bonding. And how does all of that pay, play into it? And I'm just just in general curious what your thoughts are about that that whole subject. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that, I mean, I love that book and I, I think that that information is really um, useful. And mm-hmm. uh, So you've read that book? Uh, I have, yeah. And okay. I can't remember what the other one was, but um, I believe, I mean, I feel like it's definitely you know, the, the monogamy thing and, and marriage to one person, you know, that came out of, you know, survival, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got to, you know, pair together and, um, but, but we, we came from tribes. So I, I feel like that's probably our natural state. And then at the same time, because we exist in a time right now that um, we want this intimacy and this connection, but we're also just still terrified of it. <laughs> right, it right. Is. It's ter- it is. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, right. I I feel like it can it can also be a distraction from that and. And just, I know as like, as a person who, who practices Tantra um, and teaches that it's a really, sexual energy is really powerful and yeah. we've got to have reverence for it. And so if we um, have not been able to really cultivate um, vulnerability and intimacy and presence um, with ourself and with one other person in this arena, and then mm-hmm. we're opening up that energy, that really powerful energy to a bunch of you know other people. And, and I know that there's many, I have many friends and um, went through polyamory myself for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really loving relationships and, um, and, you know, a lot of communication and it's healthy, but also just to be aware that that energy is being spread around, you know, it's being sure. s- kind of spread thin, that creative energy, if you go back to that. Mm. Um, and uh, so in that regard, how can you really become very intimate when it's being so, you know, spread around? Or how mm-hmm, can you mm-hmm. really become really focused in in whatever it is you want to create in this world it, when that's being spread around? So those are the two kind of things that come up for me, but I definitely sure. um, don't think it's wrong and uh, each to their own and, and maybe sure. something for everyone to, you know, at least explore the conversation around. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a very viable point. It's like, Hey, it's kind of like spreading yourself too thin and mm-hmm. in, or it certainly could be, it's certainly more prone to that sort of experience happening when you maybe are in an open relationship versus uh, a traditional, you know, uh, monogamous style relationship, which is sort of rules the day on our planet currently. Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, and, and you know, wonder, and I think it is, sorry, go ahead. I just wonder if, um, if it's, you know, just another distraction mm-hmm. from from intimacy, from really being right. like like seen with mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we all have that. I don't care, you know, you can be uh, open-minded, you can, uh, you know, be open to open relationships, have open relationships, whatever, but I think we all long for that sort of 
th- that the one kind of thing or that that mm-hmm. special connection, right? I think mm-hmm. that seems to be something that is in all of us. But at the same time, I, I also feel very, you know, it's it's almost a confusing matter for for a lot of people because you see a lot of of course monogamous relationships then it starts off burning so brightly and the fire is you know every you know you're that that honeymoon phase as they call it right and then it seems yeah. like it kind of fizzles after a while and sort of my theory or perspective on that is is like once you're boxing something in once you're you know um you know you you put a label on it and you put it in a box and and you cut it off all other options and what have you then it can it sort of doesn't um doesn't seem to at least in my experience i haven't had Uh it where it lasted i mean so but i think we all have that sort of dream of of that special relationship you know and i think it's in all of us But I feel like that is actually the point where that's where like the work kind of comes in. Mm, Right. You know, we've we've been fed so many like you know fantasies, so many like Mm -hmm. you know romantic movies. Totally. The movie uh, you know ends basically when they get together. The whole movie is (laughs) that's right before they start hating each other. Um, but actually that's when the real stuff, you know, can happen. And for me, I mean, I definitely didn't come from this place. Um, whenever there was conflict, I was like, I'm out of here. Like (laughs) I'm done. Um, but, but for me to actually, my learning has been, that is the, that is the place that I actually get to learn of what, my values really are what I really stand mm-hmm. for, what I'm really committed to, um, and that's for me where like real romance is. It's not in like just everything's always amazing, and I only see like all of the good parts of you and sure. <laughs> all of that. The real for me, real romance is is we like work through the crap and we, yeah. you know we learn to accept um, the different parts of each other that, you know, aggravate us, but also teach us something. Um, And, you know, and, and back to Tantra as a, as a technique, it's a how, so there are things that we can do um, to, to bring back the fire. And, um, but that fire doesn't, it deepens, it deepens the connection. Um, yeah. so I feel like, yeah, I don't know. We live in a society that's very much quick, quick fix, you know, and we sure. just want everything to work and change um, the channel. There's a million yeah. other channels. If you're bored with this yeah. one. Yeah. Like right. swipe. What, I, I don't know. I've never done right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> swipe left or swipe right. Right. Yeah. But, um, if we could actually step deeper into, um, practicing something trying something new with this person um we we might actually grow in our in our affection and our love for them and the other part of monogamy of you know what hasn't worked for so long is that um that as that idea that we should only be attracted to that one person right. forever it's like well that's not going to happen <laughs> right but we need to be able to talk about this and so in really why you know so many you know people it doesn't work in monogamy at so many times and there's affairs and you're cheated on and betrayal and blah is like right 
people don't feel like that they can be honest about it. Like either, you know, the woman or the man or both are like overly, you know, insecure. That's my biggest problem. That's my biggest problem with monogamy, you know, is that it's such a common, you know, such a common thing. People feel shamed, like what's wrong with me. And when you look at someone like, you know, uh, Christopher Ryan's work in that book, it's like, uh-huh. hey, actually, this is how we're wired. If you look at our relatives that we're almost identical to, this is how they do, how they yeah. operate, you know? And so I think yeah. as we and sort we of sh- evolve spiritually, that uh, seems to be, you know, and you're less intimidated or threatened your ego by others out, mm-hmm. outside, you know, it's like unconditional love, wanting for, I want for you what you want for you, right? That's like, seems right. like such exactly. an incredibly yeah. beautiful way. Exactly. And it doesn't mean we have to go off and do other things if, you know, we've got to know where our boundaries are and agree on that. But um, if we can't even even talk about that in relationship, if we can't even be honest, you know, that there's a crush or an attraction or whatever, then we're really, I mean, there is no intimacy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Um, totally. We don't really know each other. We're not really, we don't really have space for each other to be. I have a kind of funny, embarrassing story about jealousy, actually. Um, oh, yeah? A couple okay. of years ago in... I'm married... Yeah, I'm married now. Um, but uh, when we were just dating, my um, my partner and I, we... I, the first year of our relationship, yeah, I was, I was really jealous. And I don't feel like I had really ever experienced that um, that much before in my mm-hmm. relationships. And... Um, we were hanging out one day and uh, um, he had this crystal that he like, you know, a rock crystal mm-hmm. that um, that he loved and he was kind of like hugging it and he was being silly and he called the crystal <laughs> crystal. So she was a girl. And, <laughs> oh, of course. And, and he was being silly and he was holding her and hugging her and kissing her and he was like, crystal loves me so much. And mm-hmm. then just out of nowhere, I went, hey, hey, at the crystal. And then he like, he goes, why are you being mean to something? Why are you talking like that to something that loves me? And, ah. and then I just like got like overcame with this, you know, sh- sat the shame and Aww. I started crying and I was like Aww. I don't want to deal with jealousy <laughs> and it was like what <laughs> and um, I actually had this like experience in that moment I was taken back to being really young like I was um, I think it was about four and a half almost five and um my my dad had an affair while my mom was away and he was taking care of me and so mm. for like a week or something we were hanging out with this other woman oh wow and basically as a child i interpreted that to, and then basically my mom came back and they had a huge fight and they broke up and they they separated um mm-hmm. but i basically internalized that to mean that wow. I couldn't hold my dad's attention that there was something wrong with me that caused him to have to go out and like have another woman. Um, Mm. And, you know, and so basically there was this belief like I, what if I can't hold your attention? What if I'm not enough? 
Right. Um, you're, you know, you're going to leave me and then that's abandonment. So I was able to really clearly see where my, where that jealousy and that insecurity came from wow. and make peace with it. And I was able to see from this different perspective of an adult that it had nothing to do with me. And my dad didn't love me any less. And uh, he, you know, he had his own stuff and, um, they, my parents had their own stuff. And, and so from that I was able now, you know, and, and through my relationship, anytime there's any, I feel that kind of insecurity or that jealousy come up. I just breathe and I just remember, and I just let myself know I'm enough. I'm safe. I'm, you know, I'm loved. I'm not going to be abandoned. And yeah. really at the end of the day, I feel like, Everybody should know if, you know, if, um, if, if they, they, they leave or they cheat or they, whatever, you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, and right. It's um, never personal. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's not, but we need to be able to talk about that stuff so yeah. that we can move through it together. Yeah. Yeah. So very, I hope that very... you attract a woman who is, um, able to, to hear that and hold that for you. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing I would say is we're always going to attract something that's a vibrational match on some level, and it's always happening for us. Uh, and there's always something to learn. And I think one big misconception that's out there is, um, for, for a lot of people, it's this idea, like we talked about kind of the fairy tale happily ever after that something has to last forever for it to be successful. And for me, you know, I've had, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe eight to 10, what I would call serious relationships in my life. And, um, you know, all of them I learned from and have grown from and have led me to the next sort of greatest and greatest version of myself. And I think that's one sure. one big misconception that I think people have is like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm not okay. enough. Or, you know, those sorts of things can come up for people. And I just, I don't see it that way at all. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you can last a week and it was a raging <laughs> success if you got what exactly. you're supposed to get from it. What did we learn from each other? And, and yeah. the real, a real success could be, you know, yeah, if we could, if we could walk away from this and go, okay, what did we learn from this? And a thank you, you know, thank you to, yeah. to being some kind of teacher in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say, I, I thank you is always in order when you fully understand what's going on here. It's like, it's mm. always happening for you at some yeah. level. And, and when we can start looking at all of it, everything, not just relationship through that lens, it sort of is a big turning point, I believe. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, you, you'd mentioned uh, your intuitive gifts and communicating mm-hmm. with spirits and those kinds of things. The, the little boy in me loves hearing of the stories of paranormal, you know, something positive paranormal or a story of synchronicity or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you have, do you have something good to, to share? I do. Um, God, I have so many, but, um, I mean, I well, can share give as you many some as you'd like. like uh i have some that are about about ghosts i guess about entities um Mm. hmm. okay uh i so my mother passed away um uh, five years ago 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the last conversation we had was a healing conversation. So I had started doing this energy work and I was doing this work with her on the call and um, gave her basically permission to give herself permission to um, choose whatever was kind for her Um, because she was she was sick and in pain for a long time so we basically got to it and and I said you know I can't speak for anybody else but I I give you you know permission to choose whatever would be most kind for you and um and then about uh, a week later she went into a coma and I was communicating with her as she was in her coma and oh wow she wanted me to speak to her partner and so uh i i called him and he just got back from the hospital and he said you know he was crying didn't know if she was going to make it and i told him about our, our conversation and what i told to her and he said i wouldn't judge her either even if she chose to leave this life Mm. and then within about two minutes the phone rang and she just passed away wow so uh we gave her permission and she gave herself permission um beautiful and yeah i had another experience with (laughs) my my ex-boyfriend um passed away I wasn't mm-hmm. with him at the time, um, and I mean, I wasn't. We weren't dating at the time, but right. um, he he was missing for about a week, and his family was looking for him. And um, I got in contact with his energy, and um, uh, he he had passed on, and so I explained, you know, to him that he could release himself from, you know kind of uh where he felt like he was kind of trapped um and he could move Mm. towards the light and then he did that i felt him did do that and then his mom messaged me uh, within a couple of minutes and said this is really hard but we're gonna call off the search we're gonna let him go wow so yeah i've had a, a lot of experiences like that um helping people kind of transition and um it's really beautiful because uh Again, in you know, in tantra, it's uh, the acceptance of um, all of it. So this is mm. you know that we come through through birth and um, through sexuality, and this is creation, and then this also includes you know death and and, and letting go and loss, and, and I think also is a big reason why we're so afraid to dive deep into love and intimacy because mm-hmm. we all know that. We also have to. We also have to let people go. Um, but when we do, it's it's really powerful and peaceful, and um, really a, a wonderful gift that we can give give each other. Right, right. And and would you would you agree that letting anyone go to it's sort of it's only a temporary. It's like a vacation from one another, right? Yeah, because we're all, all ultimately. We're, we're all we're connected all, and it's just exactly. an, a matter of, of time, right? Or no time mm-hmm. until you are connecting again and experiencing one another again, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we, we still are connected with them. It's just not um, physical for us. Right, right. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating, Lily. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show here. Um you truly are a lovely Lily Claire. So thank you so much. Uh, what is the best you, way Brandon. for people? 
Yeah, absolutely. What is the best way for people to connect who would like to, uh, you know, follow you, uh, maybe get in touch for any coaching or, you know, any yeah. of the, any of the work that you're doing? Yeah. Um, lilyclairelove.com. So it's L I L I E Claire is C L A I R E love L O V E.com is, um, the best place you can email me from there. I've got some free content there. Um, uh, it's definitely much more geared to women, but, um, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, men can contact as well. And, uh, on all the social media platforms like, uh, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook are the main ones. Um, Lily, Claire, Love as well. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, for women, I would just also want to say that there's a lot of more powerful practices, um, yoni egg practices, and I have a free ebook that women can find uh, on my website for yoni egg practice if they ah. want to find out more about what that is. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've heard of this, uh, obviously not something that I've practiced, so I probably won't be signing up, but I bet you there is a lot of listeners that will be interested to learn more and you'll hear from them. And, um, I will, I would like to leave you with one final question. Mm -hmm. uh, I always open with the, the same question and with the same question. Um, 60 seconds or less. What is the meaning of life according to Lily Claire Love? What is the meaning of life, according to me? <laughs> um, to experience, um, to learn to just love and come into ex acceptance, to learn that there are no borders, <laughs> that uh, mm. we're all connected and we all impact each other, and uh, that we are all infinite. We are all eternal. So there's really nothing that we have to hold on to, um, in this lifetime. Um, whether that's, you know, trying to accumulate so much money or whatever it is, we, we have everything that we need inside of us. And so, um, just allow yourself to experience and be in joy and be in gratitude and be in connection with yourself and with others. Uh, no shame. Give yourself permission to enjoy this one beautiful mm. life that you have. Lovely. Lily, thank you so much. Such a pleasure and honor. Thanks, Brandon. And Thanks, everybody. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.